Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Welcome to Christ-Centered Church. This has been a blessed morning so far. So we welcome, oh God, man, God, huh? Jesus. We welcome our online viewers, and I pray today that whatever we're feeling here will transfer right through these waves and hit you. You're sitting down. Whatever you're doing, just praise and magnify the Lord today. He has something in store for you today. Hallelujah. So as we're about to sing these songs, worship with us. If you have a prayer request, just put an emoji in, and during our prayer time, we'll touch and agree in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's stand, and let's worship the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. On Christ alone.
another day I feel like I'm at like an astronaut like I'm floating like it's like you can't I'm like the presence of God and the worship of his presence is so it's just so high here that I'm like I'm not even I can't believe I'm standing here <laughs> the praise and worship team hallelujah they are on some level and they have been I'm telling you, what, as was said this morning, fasting and prayer, I tell you, what it does for you, not just to an individual, but to the body of Christ, I'm telling you, it takes us to dimensions where we haven't even touched and tapped. And I believe our prayers are doing that. And we're going to believe God today that what was in our first service, and we welcome you uh, to our Christ Center Church in Hamilton, New Jersey, where Christ is our central focus but we're going to pray that the same spirit that was in our first service will take it to another dimension today. And you are in the best place, the right place. You could be no other place but Christ in the church. And you're here by divine purpose. And we're going to pray and believe God today. If we 
can slip our hands in the air, touching and agreeing with our brothers and sisters, believing God to speak to us today as he did before. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, you are the mighty God in Christ. We believe that God, that you rose again on the third day and said, all power is given unto me, both in heaven and earth, and given us the keys, O God, of death and hell, Lord God. We believe the sting of death has been swallowed up in victory. We believe that, God, you're going to speak today. We're praying for strong families. We're praying, Lord God, for every individual, those who are lonely and those who are hurting, those who are yet sad, those who are dealing with great loss. We're praying for the peace and comfort of God. Those who are watching, those who are watching from here and those who are watching abroad in other parts of the country and parts of the world, we're praying a blessing upon them. We're praying that God will yet use today as a catalyst to our future and catalyst to our week. Bless the man of God that he should bring forth the word. Bring forth the word with power and with authority. And that the enemy will yet know that there is a church in Hamilton, New Jersey, that is yet to establish God's kingdom. We believe that God is about to do new things in us. Behold, I will do a new thing. It will spring forth and we will see God do it. We believe God, what he's going to do today. Let us put our hands together. Let us establish worship in here. A praise, a a, a hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus, because he alone is worthy of the glory and of the praise in Jesus' name. Why don't we continue to put our hands together in this place this morning? How many believe that we're standing on the promises of God? How many believe that in him we have our confidence and we won't fail? He won't fail and he can't fail in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We're standing on his promises. In him we have a confidence. He won't fail. Say hey. 
morning. Oh, is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just worship the Lord this morning. Let's just give him another round of applause this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Thank you, praise and worship team this morning. Amen. And can we praise the Lord, everybody? Hallelujah. Can we praise the Lord, everybody, one more time? Hallelujah. Amen. It's truly worthy to be praised. Amen. Praise. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning in the house of God. Amen. We want to thank everyone for being with us this morning. We worship the Lord with us. We want to greet everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. So glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise God with us this morning. Amen. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning. Praise God. We pray that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, amen, the Lord is moving, whatever in whatever way, amen, you ought to move, amen. So we're so honored to be here, God, amen, who is worthy to be praised. Another beautiful day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice in it this morning because he has made us glad, amen. Nothing good that we have done, but because of his love, because of his grace and his mercy, he died for us because he loved us so much. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So I want to share a little brief testimony again this morning as I did in the 9 a.m. service this morning. Amen. That I, uh, we had the privilege, my wife and I had uh, the privilege of going away for uh, 31st year anniversary. And um, we, we 30, 30, 30, 31 years. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Some days I feel like I'm 31. Some days I feel like, uh, <laughs> you know much older younger i don't know which way to go but i go with whatever way the lord direct me amen so we had the privilege of uh getting into the pentagon this weekend while we were actually last weekend while we were away and um there's something my wife remind me of this morning when i didn't share with the 9 a.m services um after going through all the security clearance to get into the pentagon um <laughs> we have to leave all our electronic devices everything we have to lock it into a lock box if you have a iWatch or whatever you call it, electronics, you have to take it off. Your iPhone, if you accidentally brought in your phone or your watch by mistake and they catch you with your device, they wipe it clean. Nothing that's on those devices will be saved. Everything will be erased. The, the, the ironic thing with that statement is that sometimes we're in the house of God and we can't put down our cell phone. And we're not going to call you out and say you need to put your cell phone away. We're in the house of God. We're, we're in the greatest place that we could ever be. The Pentagon is it's tremendous to have the privilege to get into the Pentagon. The security clearance that I spoke about earlier just to even, in, in fact, before you get to the first security, you have to show you identification. Then after you go inside the building, you have to show another one. Then you have to go because the, the, the officers that are there verify that you have uh, documentation. So you have to go to this class where they have to go through the process, check to run everything to make you clear. Then we have to go through the metal detector test, take everything off. Your belt, your watch, your ring, everything. Well, the ring, he said I could keep my ring on. 
the security didn't just stop there. In fact, even to go to the escalator to get up into the building, we have to show clearance. We have to have badges to show that we have the privilege to go up there. And I'm saying these things that men implement and put in place, regardless, I'm looking at unseen military personnel coming through the building, and they go through the same process, regardless of their 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 their, their services or whatever they're doing. They still have to go through the same process. No one in the time that we're in there was exempt from going through the same process. And, you know, we, we, we come in the house of God sometimes and, and we, we, we take it for granted. And it's just very hard sometimes because I get myself caught in the same trap sometimes that I have my phone in my hand, that I have to catch up to myself and say, I can't do this. Because this is not giving reverence to the man of God and giving reverence to God. And it's so hard that we get ourselves so cling to all these electronic things that if we lose it, we feel like, oh, we forget something. In fact, we get so attached to our electronic device that if we forget them, it's like something wrong with us. So, you know, so we, we, we got to be careful of the time and where we are in life because God has been good to us. And we need to give God much more than what we're giving him. Amen. He deserves a whole lot much more than what we, we, we give him. So, you know, as I say, it was an honor to be in uh, that area. I mean, it was a total world altogether in going into the Pentagon. But it was a privilege for us, and we, we were honored to God, you know, to be in there. So God's been good. Amen. And so, you know, we, we're serving an awesome God, church. And, you know, now is not the time for us to play in church. Now is the time for us to be- buckle down. And make our calling and election sure. Amen. Amen. It's offering time, everybody. Amen. Praise God. This is the time of the service that we, you know, get back a part of uh, the blessing. You know, what the Lord has blessed us with, we give a portion of our blessing. Don't forget we're in our REACH program, and we're very close. We're closer now than it was a month ago. Much closer now, Brother D, than we were a few weeks back. Amen. In fact, all we need, all we need. Not, not, <laughs> Mama said money. Yes, <laughs> all we need is money. <laughs> but, but you know, all we need, you know, we need uh, at least $125,000. All we need is if you know someone that wants to partner with us, someone that have a little extra that they want to bless us with, or they're saying, you know, we want to invest, we will make sure we sign a contract, and in return, if we go for a five-year plan, two-year plan, whatever it is, we will make sure we sign all the legal documents, make sure at the end of it they get a return in there. In fact, whatever little that I have in the bank, whatever interest that they give, it's not going to be nothing compared to what we will bless you back with. So um, that's all, you know, all serious we take what we're doing is, uh, you know, if, you, if you're able to, you know, invest with us, Amen. Or if you know someone that can invest with us, we'll encourage you to do so. Amen. We're going to invite you to stand. you got the way, four ways you can give online. You can just look on the screen. Amen. We have our ushers in the front. Feel free. We've got our electronic payment over to my right, your left. Feel free to give unto the Lord this morning. We're going to ask you to bow your heads as we get ready to uh, continue our service. Amen. Father God, we love you. We honor you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise, O oh God. We thank you for being so good for this time of the service. We ask your blessing, O oh God, and the continuation of the service.
Bless every person that is in this place, oh God, as we're about to receive this morning's offering. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll bless every giver, oh God. That give from their heart, Lord God. That give from what they don't have, oh God. We ask you to make ways and provide for them, Lord God. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Amen.
He can't lose. And if he don't lose, then you won't lose. Just connect to Jesus. Just hitch your wagon to Jesus. And you can't lose. He's victorious. And because he's victorious, when I'm connected to him, I'm victorious. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Sister Heidi is in the house today. I don't know how we're going to manage, Sister Heidi. When you're not here, I, I don't get this water. They give me some regular stuff. So I'm glad to see you this morning, Sister Heidi. Giving me something because they don't have to give me nothing. <laughs> but you give me fancy stuff, Sister Heidi. Hallelujah. So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We greet all of you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Two total different services. This morning was, I don't know what this morning, going into this afternoon. It's still morning, but we're going into this afternoon, and we're so glad we greet all of you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Uh, to you know, go forward since, you know, the two years of interruption or two years of resetting or two years of launching whatever it is that the Lord is doing in us and through us we we're, we're moving forward and we thank God for what he's doing amen this morning as um, the praise and worship team was singing um, so Jordan in case some of you don't know my son Jordan has declared himself the church drummer so obviously um, you know we don't have drums here because we cannot use the drums in this facility and so he practices at home on his drums that he paid half for. And so he declared himself the church drummer. And so he, 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 that's what he did. We'll see about that, but he declared that. And so he's always practicing and, you know, getting ready for when we move into the new building. And so this morning I saw uh, Sadie and Grace. I was watching them, the Jimenez daughters. And they're going on the back of the chair. So you know me, I'm just a troublemaker. I walked over to Jordan. You have some competition. I said, look, look at the little girls over there. You see, they look like they're on beat. They're doing pretty good. And that's the back of the chair, Jordan. I think you got some competition. He said, okay. <laughs> Sadie and Grace could be drummers. Amen. You know, POA lead drummer is a young lady. So, 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 so you know, I've been exposed to so much that I don't limit anything. I just let God be God and let God do what he's going to do. I don't have any traditional things of saying, this is just, you know, hardcore and we are not moving off this. The only thing we do that for is doctrine. But how God operates his kingdom, no, we're not, we're not, we're not stuck to anything. Whatever God wants to do, that's what he does in this church. Amen. And so before I get right into the word of God, I want to tell you that your, uh, your church here, um, God is doing some great things in your church. Amen. Somebody say, my church. Say, God is doing something great in my church. In your church. Amen. And, and we are pleased this morning to tell you that we have been granted a commitment letter for financing to purchase our new building. We just received a letter from a bank 
uh, local bank here that says we're backing you all. We have approved you all. Here is the letter of commitment to say that we will finance you for $1,271,250 is what they're saying we're backing. They're saying, here you go. We are backing you to go and purchase that beautiful building that you've had your eyes on. And so we're expecting to close in October. And so we still need to raise about $150,000 to uh, close everything out. That's, that's going to be your new home. That's your new church home. And um, we uh, hope to close out in October. We still need another $125,000. Um, at this point, um, I can tell you that's not a whole lot um, for what we're trying to do. God owns everything. And if you'll let him touch your heart and give um, uh, just sacrificially, God wants to open up blessings for you and your family when you give sacrificially. I just want to mention one testimony that the Lord revealed to me this morning that uh, I just didn't think about it until this morning. Again, as I told you, I was just, you know, kind of obeying the Holy Ghost as he guided. But um, when we started here in this uh, church, um, we started Bible study in March, April of 2014. And we started church services in October of 2014. And we went on, and here we are today, almost eight years till today that we launched our first church service. And God has been good to us and have blessed us. The main thing when you're serving God is you want to always know you're in God's will. And God has always confirmed that we are in his will and that we're following the path that he has led us to take. And I told you when we were raising funds for this building, I said, um, Tell your neighbors, co-workers, friends, um, people you know that might have a little bit extra, you know, just because they have enough. I said, tell them to give to us because I remember reading in the scripture where it says when God said to Abraham, I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. And I told you for everyone that will support, give to the plan of God, they will be blessed. Well, when God sent me to this fire station to say start Bible study here in this fire station, he sent me to the chief. He didn't tell me to go to any place else. I know I heard specifically clear. It wasn't an audible voice, but the thought was so clear in my mind. Go and talk to the fire chief. I didn't know his name. When I walked into the building, um, someone says, who are you looking for? The chief. I said, the chief. Jesus is crazy like that, huh? And so I said, yes, I'm looking for the chief. I came and I met the chief and the chief told me I can use the building. However, the two days that I want, wanted, the, the, the Thursday that I wanted, he said, it's being used. And I said, oh, okay. And so I was ready to just pull out and say, okay, I didn't hear from God. And then Chief Tazi said, but hold on one minute. Let me call the group that's using the building on Thursday and see if they want to switch to a Monday. He called them while I was standing in his office, and they said, yeah, we'll switch, no big deal. I said, oh, maybe I did hear from the Lord. And so now we had Thursday and Sunday available to us, and, you know, the rest is history. But here is the point that I'm getting to. I just realized this morning when 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 we started here for in 2014, there there are nine fire stations in Hamilton, nine, all individual fire stations in Hamilton because they are located in different areas just in case fires go in over here. You have something close to it. And so there are nine and they were all separate in how every fire station, all nine had their own fire chief. And so. Not long ago, in 2020, they consolidated our fire stations in Hamilton. The, 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 the leadership structure of the fire stations would be 
one chief over all nine, and then they will fill in the rest as far as captains and, you know, whatever other titles. And, and, and so that um, Chief Tazi was not the chief, however you want to look at it. And so recently, about three weeks ago, Chief Tazi was promoted to be the number one fire chief over all nine fire companies in Hamilton. And God put it in my mind and says, he has shown Christ-centered church favor, and I have blessed him. This has to do with when you bless what God says to bless, what God is doing, God will bless you. There's a scripture that says God owes no man anything. So God never asked you or me to do anything for him and not give you abundance above what you have done for him. So God is not like any employer you have ever worked for, anyone that you have ever done anything for. God is not like them. God will do over and abundant for you when you do for God than anything you've ever experienced in your life. This is why when we give of ourselves and we give of our money, it's no big thing when you're doing it unto the Lord because you can never outdo and outgive God. The stock market cannot give you return that's better than God. Give. We have $125,000 more to raise up so we can close the deal in October. We will. It's just a matter of will you give as God is speaking to your heart when God is saying, give this. I know, I know you, you're, you're putting this to the side for a rainy day, but understand this, and I'm going to get right in the word after this. Just like before, I told you the other day, I went into my retirement and took out what they will allow me to take out as a loan because I want to take out a whole lot more, but they wouldn't allow because all the requirements to take out, you know, whatever I need to take out. They said, nope, nope, unless it's your personal home. So I couldn't get it. So they said, unless it's your personal home that you were purchasing or fixing, you can't get all this money, Wayne. So all they allowed me to take out of my retirement was $50,000. And I took that $50,000 out, and it was no big deal to me. I looked at the check, signed it. I didn't even cash the check. I looked at the check when it came, signed it, and just submitted it, gave it to the trustees for them to put it in the bank account. But my, my point is this. That's a retirement. I am going to be 54 years old in December. Can I unequivocally say I'm going to make it to retirement age? Don't I need God to keep me to retirement age? This is why he can tell us, seek God's kingdom first. Because if, if he doesn't keep me, I don't see retirement. And then the money that I'm thinking is retirement, I never see it. So how comforting and satisfying it is for me. I know for me to take retirement says, here, Lord, I'm okay with it. The good news is he's going to bless abundantly. I'm not worried about that. I just stay focused on the task at hand. And I am excited that I had the privilege that God has blessed me so I can participate in giving, knowing that he's going to give back to me and knowing that his kingdom is going to go forward because I gave. I am excited about that. You can take part in that to know if you give sacrificially, he's going to bless you abundantly because God owes no man nothing and he is a good God. Somebody say amen. Well, let's stand and let's get into the word of God. Amen. Keep praying. Um, we're looking forward to our closing date. We, 
we have the closing date scheduled for October 31st, but I want to get it. I I would like for us to close a little earlier than that if we can, which means as quick as we can get that 125, we can get the the closing done and over with because we have to go in and do renovations, you know, not major, but, you know, I guess you can call it cosmetic renovation because we're not moving structures or anything. All we're going to do is go and make it look pretty so we can go in and have a good time and worshiping and praising the Lord. And so if we can get that 125 in as quick as we can, we will get there. Um, I've set a target date for um, December 25th, our first service to be December 25th in the new space. And so I pray that God will continue to help us so we can see that day, that Christmas morning. What a what a what a what a gift to unwrap Christmas morning. Your church in its new building that we're not renting from anyone. You know, we're, we're, you know, nobody is telling us what to do with it. It's ours. If, if, if we want to run the aisles all night long, we can run the aisles all night long. Nobody can tell us not to do. And you want to hear something funny? There is no neighbor to tell you. We got the ice skating rink next door. We've got another church next door. And we've got a junkyard in the back. There is nobody on that street to say, oh, that church. Oh, my goodness, Lord. I love you, man. God is God is so good. We just go hang out on our street all day, all night. Nobody can tell us anything. That's our street. We're going to change the street name to Christ-centered way. This is our street. This is our street. This is where we hang out at. This is our place. Nobody holding nothing over against us. This is ours. Amen. But I want to say I thank Chief Tazi. He's been so good to us. We've developed a great relationship over the years. And he said it. He didn't even hear me say it. I don't think he heard me said that. He never heard me say it, but I've said it to you that the day we leave here, it's going to be bittersweet. And I'm not in any rush to leave here. The good news is we're in a place where we can take our time and build out our place. And when it's all perfect, we can just move on in. So we're not in any rush to go over there. And so because I enjoy being here and it's part of our history that I'm just absorbing. And I said, always said it's going to be bittersweet. And last week, Chris Tazi, the chief of all the fire station, he told somebody that it's going to be so bittersweet when that church leave our building because we love to hear them sing when we're walking in the hallway. We love to hear them praise God when we're walking in the hallway. The prayers that they pray we enjoy as we're walking in the hallway. That's our chief of this community in Hamilton. They enjoy us being here, and we thank God for that. Aren't we glad that God has blessed us like that? Amen. We took care of this place like our home. When COVID hit, before we came in this place, we changed the carpet. We just went and did it. We treated this because I learned a long time ago from the great folks that were ahead of me that taught me good stuff, good values. And, you know, when you come from a poor country like Jamaica, you're able to learn some things. And what I always remember, there are people that live in poverty that says poverty don't mean you're supposed to live dirty. Poverty don't mean your house is supposed to be dirty. There are people in my country, I don't know if there still is, but I know when I was there, uh, when I was a boy, there are people that lived in a house where their floor was still dirt. They swept, they, they're in their house, but the floor is dirt. And they swept it and kept it clean. It was cleaner than some people that had nice big houses. So I learned a long time, it doesn't matter how small the space is, keep it clean. Treat it good, because if you want to go someplace else, you got to treat it good, because you will never get anything better if what you have, you don't treat it good. And so we have treated this place like it was our very own, and surely God has blessed us. So 
give unto the Lord so we can close this deal out and can celebrate together. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number one. Amen. I want to say to um, our online congregation, we greet you in Jesus name. We're always so glad that you're a part. We can feel you when you're present. When when we 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 have one of our great members on the on on the um that that's part of our online congregation. Whenever he's not on, I I can tell. I can feel when when Paul Brantley is not on. You just can tell. And I don't know because I can't see the screen or anything. They can tell, but I can tell when he's not on. And he was under the weather, you know, a couple of weeks. And uh, we've been praying for him. We always pray for him and his family. And so he's on today, and I'm glad to hear that because we just love him and love his family and appreciate them. Amen. All of you, we appreciate you. We always miss you when you're not here. When you're here, we're glad that you're here because God has put us together, and we're going to do great things together. Say amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, the word of God says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word, O oh God, is the authority in our life. Your word, Lord God, is synonymous with who you are. For in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Lord, we look into your word today that we may receive instruction. We look into your word today that we may receive direction. We look into your word today that it may fill our soul and our spirit and speak to us, Lord God. But Lord, more than anything else, give us faith to respond in obedience to the word of God. Give us faith, almighty God, to hear what the Spirit is saying unto us today. I pray in the name of Jesus that your people, Lord, will be blessed, that your people, Lord, will enter into a dimension in you that they can be pleased and, oh God, content and live a life that is purposeful unto you, oh God. We give you the praise and the honor, for there is none like you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, God, we thank you today and we give you praise. Anybody love the Lord today? Well, give the Lord some praise in this house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. Long topic today. I just had our faith. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. You may be seated. In the two verses of scriptures we read, each verse mentioned the word seeing and looking respectively. It matters, hear me church, it matters what we focus on. <laughs> it matters what we focus on. I need somebody to say that with me. It matters what I focus on. Make it personal this morning. It matters what I focus on. It matters what I look at, seeing in what I see. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it is telling us to look around and see the men and women just like you and I who made it and became heroes of the faith. Mm -hmm. 
Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, it is not suggested here that these men and women are now in heaven and watching us as we run the race of faith. No, like people seated in the stadium. No, that's not what it's referring to. The word witnesses does not mean spectators. In this text, our old English word martyr comes directly from the Greek word translated witness, which means the scripture is telling us these witness to us that God can see us through in whatever challenges we are facing, in whatever challenges we come up against. When you read the scripture and it says we have these greater cloud of witness, it's saying we have people that we can point to and say they made it. Yes, they were challenged. Yes, they had issues. Yes, they were afflicted, but they made it. And look at them now. We're reading in the scriptures what they have done and how they made it over and so today we need to know no matter what we're going through no matter what we face we're gonna make it if we put our eyes on the people that have already made it we know we will make it because God is no respecter of persons these great cloud of witnesses if you go back and you look at Rahab Rahab was a prostitute, but she made it. You go back and you look at Abraham. Abraham, he lied and cheated and, 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 and did all kind of things, but he, he, he made it. Moses, he killed a man. He was a murderer, but he made it. I'm here to tell you, church, it does not matter what you're up against or what you're going through. If you will trust God, if you will connect to him and keep following him, you too will make it. There is nothing too hard for God to deliver you from. There is nothing too hard to, for God to save you from. You can make it. Tell your neighbor, you can make it. You can make it. Romans chapter 15, verse number four says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. You hear me? The Bible is telling us that when we look at what has transpired in the past and it's documented in the word of God, it is there for our learning. Understand this. There's a lot of things that God has done that may not have been written in the Bible, but I'm telling you those that which is written in the Bible, God made them to be recorded so we can learn from them. Uh-huh. That we, through patience, 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 somebody say patience, because that's a tough one for us, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. You have hope in the word of God. You have hope when you have patience. This journey for us to go and purchase this property and let it become the place where we will reach more people, our family and friends and neighbors and, 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 and co-workers and, and, and those we go to school with. All of that, it's been a journey. And it's a journey that challenges your patience. I'm a person that likes to get things done. And during this time on this journey, there were times where nothing was happening and there was nothing I can do. Because I'm one of those people that feel like I, I can always do something. 
But there were times where my hands were just tied. There was nothing that I could do. Patience means endurance. And, and women of the Bible who ran their race and finished. If you think about and contemplate how difficult a struggle If you feel like you have been mistreated and misunderstood, think about Jesus. The Bible has given us examples of people that are just like us, same passion like us, same situations that some of us are facing, and they made it. And God has sent me here to tell you today, you can make it just as well. It does not matter how difficult you might think the situation that you're dealing with. It is. God says you can make it. You had no clue what Moses was thinking about, trying to lead a bunch of people that always seemed to be complaining. You had no idea what Joseph thought about when his family mistreated him, threw him in a pit, sold him to slavery, and he was in jail for nothing that he did. You had no idea what he was thinking, but guess what? He made it out, and he made it where God wanted him to be, and he still loved his family that mistreated him. Your family may have mistreated you. They may be doing it now, but read about Joseph. I don't know if your family mistreated you like he's mistreated. He was mistreated. He was thrown in a pit. He was thrown in a pit. They wanted him dead. One of the brothers said, nah, let's not kill him. Then they took him out and said, you know what? Let's sell him to slavery. Sell him as slavery to the, to the slave trader. Let's sell him to those that are slave owners. And then they went home and deceived dad to make dad think that he died. That's the kind of families that's in the Bible. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is why I always tell you all, don't let people deceive you in thinking that their life is so wonderful and yours is so messed up. Life is real. And the best place to know how real life is is in the book. Not Facebook, but the Bible. That's where you go to see the reality of life. Everything else is a lie. Everything else is deception. Just go to the Bible and see what it says about family. It will show you the mess that goes on in family, but it also shows your family being victorious even in mess. So be encouraged this morning. Your family might be all disconnected, people all different places. Some don't want to live for God. Some are living for God. Some claim they're living for God, but they're not really living for God. You know, you know, brothers against brothers, sisters against sisters, all of that. So that's all in the Bible. It's in the book. So when you see it on Facebook, how, oh, I'm living my best life. <laughs> Can I tell you a little secret? Most people, Sister Gigi, that's living their best life, don't talk about it. Because when you have the right spirit, when I'm living my best life, I can see that everybody ain't living their best life. The only thing I can do if I can see that is how do I help everybody else help live their best life? So when you're doing good, that, when, when you start to publicize how good you're doing, something is off. Because when you're doing good, it only moves you to help others do good. 
Nobody wants to be at the party by themselves. Y'all gave me some quotes today. Y'all put them all down. I don't know what I fit this stuff this morning. Y'all catch me. But who wants to be at a party by themselves? What do you mean by that, preacher? If you're doing good and nobody else is, you're at the party by yourself. Who wants to party by themselves? So if I'm doing good, I need y'all to do good too. Because I want to party with y'all. The party ain't no good party unless we all together. What party you know is just one person partying? That ain't called a party. Matter of fact, it changed the definition, right? If you're just the only one. Tootie, tootie. Ain't no party. But when everybody is together, one accord, loving God, enjoying the goodness of God, now that's a party. This ain't nothing but a Holy Ghost party, party, party. And we start, when I was lost in the world of sin, uh, 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 Jesus came and he took me in. Now I gave him all my problems and I'm free forevermore. This ain't nothing but a Holy Ghost party, party, party. All aboard. This ain't nothing but a Holy. See, when we like that and we running around, that's everybody having a good time together. This ain't nothing but a Holy Ghost party. That's, that's what you want. You don't want to be at the party all by yourself. But that's what Facebook promotes. Y'all don't understand. My life is great. I'm sorry for all of y'all that your life is miserable. God designed us that we could never really have a good time by ourselves. Take that to the bank. Nobody can have a good time by themselves. They're lying. You can experience peace by yourself. You can experience joy by yourself. You can experience those things. And then, of course, you need God to experience them. But I'm just saying... You can experience those things by yourself, but you can never, ever be totally fulfilled by yourself. You need somebody. How can you say that, preacher? I don't leave the book. Sister Eminem, I don't leave the book. You know how I can say that? God created Adam. And God said, God said, it is not good. Don't mess with the preacher. Don't mess with the preacher. God said it's not good for man to be alone. Not man. The creator said it. So you can't be totally fulfilled here in the earth, in the natural, by yourself. You can't. You need others to be completely fulfilled here in the natural on earth. So we just deceive ourselves when we think that, oh, we're doing good all by ourselves and nobody else involved. Oh, yeah, I'm all good by myself. You okay? It is beneficial to us to look at those who are of the faith that have ran this race and have finished victoriously. Here is what we have to pay attention to. We tend to look more on ourselves Instead of looking at others who have been victorious because we are running our race with weights and sins. That's the issue. We're running this Christian race with weights to lay aside every weight and sin that's easily beset us. And so we don't realize sometimes we're running this race 
and we are running it, but we have weights that's weighing us down. And guess what? You cannot run the best you can with weights that's weighing you down. A runner is not looking to say what's bad and what's good. The runner is looking to say, give me the very best so I can be at the very best that I can. Listen to me. Listen to me. We're running the race, and we've got weights. Preacher, what are some of the weights? Listen to me carefully. This is important. The weights that you're dealing with in your life are habits that you had before you got saved. The weights that you're having in your life that is weighing you down are habits that you had before you were born again of the water and of the spirit. Because when you're born again, these weights don't go anywhere. They, they, they still are there. It's how you live your life for Christ that will determine if they are working in your life or you have laid them aside. And so these hangups and habits that you had before you got saved, you got saved and they're still coming in your life. They're still working in your life. And so you're still doing these things that you shouldn't do. And those are weights. This to my wife. I want to go on a vacation with nothing but my wallet and the clothes on my back. I don't know where I get that from. But I've been saying that for years, and I will do that one day, Shauna. I will say, come on, we're going on vacation. Wallet in my jacket and just the clothes I have on my back. And wherever we're going, that's where we'll buy what we need because I'm not taking any luggage. I'm not taking anything with me. I am going with nothing. And maybe I'm thinking about heaven, why that just come to my mind. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about, why I think about that. But I want to go on a vacation that I take nothing but the clothes on my back and my wallet, my ID and all that stuff, and I'm rolling. And when I get to where I'm getting to, I'll buy whatever I need. Because I don't want any weight to be with me. I don't want to check no baggage in, and I don't even want to carry my carry-on and go put it up in the overhead bin. I just want to go and be free and just have nothing that's weighing me down. And that's how we need to think of our relationship with Christ. Let's just go on with Christ with nothing else, just our identification. We don't need nothing else with him. We don't need no suitcase. We don't need no luggage. We don't need anything when we're going with Christ. We just need our ID. What's your ID? I've been born again. I was baptized in Jesus' name. I was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is my ID. And that's all I need. It's my identification. When I'm rolling with Jesus, all I need is my identification. I don't need any luggage. I don't need no extra because he's got it all. Lay aside. Lay aside those habits. We don't need them because they creep back up in our life. They come back up in our It also said lay aside the sin. Not S-I-N-S had to be referring to. He had to be referring to the sin of unbelief. Remember, if you go through Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, by faith. By faith, through faith, everything was about faith. And once that whole chapter was written about faith, that's where chapter 12 started by, it says, therefore, seeing that we are compassed about with these cloud of witnesses. So what it's saying is, and the opposite or the challenge to your faith is doubt. 
And so what the Bible is trying to tell us is, don't you allow that sin of doubt to creep in. Because when doubt creep in, it can ruin you. When doubt creep in, you can find yourself in a bad place because you're doubting God. God has a problem with us doubting him. And every time we doubt him, he will put us in predicament to make us make a decision whether or not we're going to trust him, have faith in him, or we're going to doubt again. He will always put you in that predicament to say, do you doubt or do you have faith? Do you doubt or do you have faith? And if you don't have faith, you're going to always be in that predicament to, to say, you've got to prove that you have faith. We wonder why we have these challenges. We wonder why we have these obstacles. Many times it's because we're doubting. Puts us in these predicaments that we will learn to have faith. He puts us in these predicaments that we will have faith because the Bible says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you don't have faith, you can't please God. If you can't please God, you can't have a relationship with God. If you can't please God, you can't make it into eternity with God. So you need faith. And so when you doubt, you are doomed unless you now have faith. Lay aside the weights and the sin that so easily beset us because those weights and sin will get in our way and prevent us from pleasing God. But church, if we have faith, we're going to make it. If we have faith, we're going to make it. The Bible says, if you will have faith, the grain of a mustard seed. We're going to make it if we have faith. If you just come to the place of realizing who God really is, that almighty God became the man, Jesus Christ, and he came into this world and died for our sins. If we will ever get to that place and realize who our God is, that's just enough to get us going in the right If he can do that, what can he do? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Listen, it's beneficial to observe the great cloud of witnesses. We need them. They encourage us. They they give us hope because we look around and we see like-minded people who struggled, but they finished their race victoriously. So we need to look at those who have ran this race and have finished victoriously. We need that. We, We can read the Bible and see those people, but you still have people today all around you that is walking, that's 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 in the race that are doing what they got to do and they will finish it. We need to look at each other to be encouraged when we look and see somebody that's steadfast and unmovable. We need to be encouraged and look at them and say, yes, Lord, so-and-so is doing so well. I know if they're doing it, I can do it too, Lord. We need to do that. But as much as we need to do that, as much as we need to observe our great cloud of witnesses who ran this race and finished victoriously, there is nothing better than looking at Jesus, focusing on Jesus. The Bible says we look to Jesus, the author and finisher 
of our faith. Check this out. We look to Jesus who starts, the, the who help us from the start of the race, who help us while we're running the race, who helps us to finish the race. And so Jesus is the beginning, he's the middle, and he's the ending. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. What does that mean, the author and finisher of our faith? If he's the author of our faith, what it means is he's the originator of our faith. Remember what I told you. Some of you might not have heard this, and so this is the first time you're going to hear it. Here is how you know Christianity is the true religion. Because sometimes we see how you think that makes Christianity different than every other religion. You ready for it? Jesus makes Christianity different from every other religion, which makes it the true religion, if you want to call it that. Why are you saying every man is flawed? So let's ask, who is the originator of all the other whatever religion that people are following? The question they need to answer is, who would answer? Human. And human are flawed. So if we follow any other religion except for Christianity, we are following something that is flawed, something that will not be sustainable, something that will not take us any place. But Jesus Christ, Brother Izzy, let the trees come forth, let the grass come forth, the one that formed man of the dust of the ground and formed him and, and structured him to be this, this, this skeleton. Same human. He couldn't make any mistakes. He wasn't flawed because he was God Almighty in the flesh. So the originator of our faith is Almighty God, manifest in flesh. The originator of our faith is Almighty God. So no other religion can claim their religion was started by the all. So how do you know it's the truth? Forget about some people who are trying to teach a Christianity to uh, benefit what their viewpoints are. I'm not going into that. I'm just telling you, if you go to the foundation of Christianity, because God Almighty is the originator of it. He's the originator of it. He's the founder of it. He's the leader, the leader, the chief of it. But it didn't stop there. He didn't just originate it. He is the one that is the finisher of it. What does that mean? He completes it. He is the one that com- will be completed. Jesus is the creator, sustainer, consummator of faith in the heart. is the author and finisher of your faith. Jesus is the first and the last as an example of our faith. As in all other things, he is the preeminence and the being the most complete. He is the author and finisher of our faith. That's why we said Christ is the central focus of this church because he's the originator of our faith. He is the one that started this. He is the one that finishes it. He is the one that will complete it. Jesus Christ is our God and he is the salvation. When the children of Israel, I'm going to be finishing just a little bit. When the children of Israel started complaining in the serpent that bite them and kill some of them. I told the church this morning in the 9 a.m. service that I can't, after a while, I, sometimes I've got to set aside breaking down the scriptures and, and getting into the nuances of the scriptures. Sometimes, church, 
All you need to do is put your head down. Don't try to understand a whole lot of stuff. Don't try to be smart about a whole lot of stuff. Just put your head down, read what the scripture says, and just do it. Listen to what the word says and just do it. It, it, We're so far from having understanding, deep understanding of what God is doing that if you start to try to figure out what he's doing, you're going to frustrate yourself. The children of Israel was led out of Egypt, out of slavery. After 430 years, they were led out of bondage and they were being led to a promised land. And because of the journey that they were taking, they started complaining. And they complained so much. Complain means unbelief. They started complaining so much that the Lord allowed fiery serpents to start moving among them and bite them. And the fiery serpents would bite them and some of them died. Oh, God, you're so mean. Numbers chapter 21, verse 8. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he look upon it, shall live. Church, can we learn who our God is? They complain in unbelief. Remember, he knows your hearts. And when you're complaining, there's other things attached to it. I'm not going to get into that. So he knew their hearts, so he just threw his hands up and says, I don't care. Let the fiery serpents just go. Because they don't even realize those fiery serpents was always probably around. But he was shielding them from it. And so when they started complaining, he said, whatever. Fiery serpents coming. But what the Bible says, it is because of the Lord's compassion that we're not consumed. His mercies are new every day. Because his compassion fail not. And so as much as we get on his nerves sometimes and drive him crazy because we won't just be patient and we won't have faith and we won't trust him and we won't follow him. As much as we do that to him all the time, he still has compassion. He still has mercy. And what he did was he said, Moses, put that little brazen serpent up on that pole and everybody that look upon that brazen serpent on that pole will be healed. Brother D. Isn't it amazing that today when you look at our hospitals and the ambulance and all of them, there's a pole with a brazen serpent wrapped around it? Did you ever think about that? Go to the hospital. A pole with a brazen serpent wrapped around. And that's our, uh, our health medicine people that's saying that this is our symbol for healing. We're brilliant your God is. Nothing he does is by coincidence. So he does that, but that wasn't all that it was for. (laughs) He did that knowing that there would be a demonstration of what was to come. Back then, it was a brazen serpent upon a pole. But I'm telling you, we fast forward into the New Testament in the Gospels in John chapter 3, verse number 13. And no man had ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, should not perish, but have eternal life. In John chapter 12, verse number 32, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, 
wilderness, revealing himself that he would become man and he would put himself upon a pole and whosoever will look upon me, they will be saved. Whosoever will look upon me, they will be healed. Whosoever will look upon me, they will be delivered. If I be lifted up, I will draw. Church. We're serving some dude that ain't no joke. I tell you something, I don't even know what to call him. I just only can use our vocabulary, but we're serving a dude. He's a dude above all kind of dudes. This man is no joke. He is so awesome. He is so precise. He is so the God that he says he is. He knows the ending from the beginning. He sets it all up, and it's all in alignment with his plan. And we're the beneficiary of it. Can you imagine? What kind of mind is that? That said, Moses, we're talking about in the book of Numbers. We're talking about the book of Numbers. He said, Moses, get this um, crazy serpent-shaped thing. Wrap it around this pole. And when they look upon the serpent, they will be healed. Nobody had any clue that Almighty God would become man and be upon a pole. And he would be the one that we would look upon in order for us to be healed, in order for us to be saved, in order for us to have salvation. We'd have to look upon him. But he had it all worked out. If you don't want to come know Jesus, I'm telling you, you are at such a disadvantage by not knowing the Lord. Jesus is not just the originator of our faith. He is also the completer of our faith. He is also the source and the cause of our faith. Jesus is the pioneer of our faith. He is the perfecter of our faith, both because he has made, he was made perfect, and he is the high priest, and he became all things to all men because he was trying to reach this lost and dying world. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And so I move to closing here. When the suffering was complete and Jesus had finished the race appointed for him, he took his seat on the throne. He came to this world and he went through all that he went through And when it was all completed, he took his seat on his throne. Christ sat down because when he offered up his life, he completed his work. He no longer needed to provide sacrifice or pave a way for us because he had done it. Uh Just as Christ, our forerunner, received the great reward for finishing the race before him also share in that same reward. Christians, people of God, there's no way Jesus was afflicted and Jesus suffered and was rewarded and we expect to be rewarded and no suffering and no affliction. I can't say that enough. 
I've been saying it probably, I feel like, every week now. Somehow I work in the message that we cannot tell ourselves and make ourselves believe that we're going to be rewarded to be before the throne of God in heaven, and we're not going to suffer. We're not going to have to sacrifice. We're not going to have to go through affliction. There's no way possible we should ever let ourselves think that. We don't want to do any sacrifice in this day and age because we're saying that ain't necessary. The most time Christian people, they don't understand that what necessary. God love us. All I want for you to think about as you're thinking that because you're trying to buy into that, which is your flesh is telling you that because your flesh don't never want to sacrifice. But just ask yourself this. Who in their right mind is going to go through struggles, affliction, suffering, cursing, everything for you and say, well, I don't want you to go through none of that. You're just going to have an easy life. It's not going to be no problems for you. I did all the work so you don't have to go through nothing. It will never be that way. Our parents want wants us to have a better life than they did. But they're not saying that thinking that you're not going to go through struggles. They're not doing that thinking that you're going to be always, you know, surrendered to them bubble. Keep up by the bubble. I know we want to protect our children, but sooner or later, they're going to be challenged with affliction. They're going to go through some stuff. They cannot become grown-up, mature children without going through some of people, soldiers, those who know how to battle. God is not raising up people that are wimpy. And so in the only way to get strong, the only way to be equipped to deal with whatever comes your way is for you to encounter affliction, to be who God. Remember what he says, I'm the author and finisher. He says, I am the completer. I am the complete in him. So the work of being complete in Christ is going to be challenging. It can't be better roles. It can't be I do whatever I want. It can't be I look however I want because it's a challenge to get there. Jesus was challenged, and he created all of this, and he was challenged. Revelations chapter 1, verse number 17 says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not! I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. I'm the originator of your faith. And I am the completer of your faith. Revelations 22 verse 12 says, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do this commandment, do his commandment, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. This is revelation that we're in church. He says, blessed are they that do the commandments. Blessed are they that do the commandments. You still think we're just going to just cruise on to heaven? Or we have to do those commandments? I close with this. Let's stand. Philippians 1 and 6. 
Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day. God don't leave anything unfinished. I remember when we were growing up, I listened to my kids uh, get frustrated with my wife all the time, and I got to put them in check. But y'all listen to this. I remember when I was growing up, and I'm at home, all the kids were at home, me and my two brothers, my mom and dad. And I remember when fall time came. Leaves fall, coming again. And so we would have to rake up the backyard with all the leaves. And me, my two brothers, and my dad would be in the backyard. And it's a lot. And we would start raking the leaves. And my dad would always say, I'll be right back. And he said, I'll be right back. And he'd go over his buddy, and we'd never see him again. He never completed raking up the leaves in the backyard. It was just, he started it, and we had to finish it. Jesus don't start anything and don't finish it. Everything he starts, he finishes. And whatever he started in you, he will finish it. Whatever he's doing in you, he will complete it. Whatever he's doing in you, he will perfect it. He never starts anything, and he doesn't finish it. Now, what challenges us sometimes is we get discouraged because of sin and the weight. What challenges us is we move away from him doing the work in us. But that doesn't mean he's not trying to finish what he started in us. If whatever he started in us is never finished, it's because we removed ourselves from out of his hands. If the clay stays in the potter's hand, it will get molded into whatever the vessel it needs to be molded into. If the clay stays in the potter's hand. But if the clay decides it's going to be, I don't know, rebellious and fall apart as the potter is wheeling and spinning on the wheel, it will never make it. The good work refers to God's salvation. His redemption work and continued perfection of the believers. God's goal for believers is that we would be conformed to the likeness, the image of his son. Do you sometimes feel as though you aren't making progress in your spiritual life? Hear me now, I'm not done. I'm right there at the end. But I want you to hear this before I close. Do you feel like sometimes you're not making progress in your spiritual life? When God starts a project, he completes it. As with the Philippians, God will help you grow in grace until he completes his work in your life. When you are discouraged, remember that God won't give up on you. He promises to finish the work that he has begun in you. When you feel incomplete, when you feel unfinished or distressed by your shortcomings, remember and be confident in God's promise and provision for you. God will complete what he started in you. He is the author. And finisher of your faith. Aren't you glad that your faith does not depend on anybody? 
Listen, people sometimes get frustrated with us. People get offended by us. All kind of things can happen as we're walking this walk. And sometimes we even disagree with one another. But the good news is none of us is responsible for any of us to be saved. Only Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. He doesn't start anything and not finish it. Whatever he starts, he will finish. He is the originator and the closer. He is the one responsible for everything. And I'm telling you today, he wants you to know whatever he has started, he's going to finish it. Whether it's the work in you or the work in his church, whatever he starts, he will finish. And so we need to just go ahead today and thank God for what he has started because he don't start anything and not finish it. Father, in the name of Jesus. Ah. We thank you today for being the author and finisher of our faith. That God, we can trust and know that whatever you have started, you will complete. You don't leave anything undone, Lord God. Everything you start, you complete, almighty God. And Lord, we are encouraged today. Anybody encouraged today? I'm encouraged to know that where I am today, it doesn't matter how I feel right now. It doesn't matter what I'm experiencing right now. I know that God is not finished with me. I know God is not through with me. I know God is still working in me. I'm encouraged to know God is still working. I'm encouraged to know God is perfecting and making us complete. I'm grateful. I'm encouraged today. I just want to give you thanks today, Lord God. I just want to give you praise today, Lord God. I just want to bless your name today. For the Lord is good. His mercy everlasting. His truth endureth unto all generation. I will bless the Lord at all times. Your praise shall continually be in my mouth. For Lord, we're grateful. You are great and greatly to be praised. There is none like you. There is none that compares to you. For God, you are the King of glory, and it's you that sit on the throne. Heaven is your throne, and earth is your footstool. Oh, great God, you are sovereign, and you reign forever. You reign forever, and we're thankful, Almighty God. We're encouraged today. We're encouraged to know that we don't and won't give up, Lord God. We will not give up, Lord God. We will not give up, Lord God. We're just going to ask for your help that we may lay aside the weights and the sin that easily beset us. We just ask, oh God, for your help for us to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily beset us, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus, we're going to go on to victory. We're going to go on to everlasting life in you. We're going to go on oh God in fulfilling your purpose in the earth. We're going to go on to perfection. We're going to go on to victory.
victory because you are God Almighty and you have chosen us in you before the foundation of the world. Oh, God, have your way today. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. The Lord is good. The Lord is great. The Lord is wonderful. The Lord is glorious. Somebody lift your hands and give the Lord praise. Bless the Lord. Honor Him. He is worthy of all the praise and all the honor. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How great thou art. How great. How great, how great thou art. Great and mighty is your name. Great and mighty is your name. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we bless your name. We praise your name. We give you praise and honor. We give you praise and honor. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's thank the Lord today. God is good, church. Don't you give up on yourself. 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 Don't you let go. Don't you let go of the rope that God has extended to you. Hold on to that rope. Grab it a little tighter and say, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Because whatever God has started in me, he's going to complete it. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Whatever God has started in me. He will complete it. You talk to yourself. You learn to encourage yourself. You point to yourself if you have to. Josh, point to yourself if you have to. And say, what God has started in me, he will complete it. Oh, Sister Sharp, point to yourself and say, what God has started in me, he will complete it. Oh, God is good to us. God is good to us, church. Let him have his way. Allow him to do what he wants to do in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Let's give him praise. Let's thank him today. But there is none like Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, I love you. I love you, church. But more importantly, Jesus loves you. And he has started a work in you that he will complete. You're not the least of them. God loves you just as much as all of us. And you need to know that and know you're not the least of anything. God loves you. He has started something in you and he will complete it. Have a great rest of your day. Keep trusting him. Keep loving him. Keep serving him. Let him finish the work in you. In Jesus' name.